Welcome back to People Analytics. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton, and I'm excited to have Peter Chum of Nickelodeon Animation Studios here with me today. Peter, I'll give you a moment to introduce yourself and what you do at Nickelodeon. Thanks, Lindsay. Yeah, so here at Nickelodeon, I'm the manager of social strategy, and that essentially means anything you see in your feeds, if you follow any of the Nickelodeon accounts, I've had something to do with it. I've either brainstormed the content, had a hand in making it, or just watch the show for ideas and watch a bunch of our content to make sure it translates from screen to your feeds. So one thing about Peter um, and the reason why I'm so excited to have him on is we worked together many years ago when Peter was an intern focusing on journalism. So I remember when I was working with Peter, you know, we bonded over SpongeBob. And it is just gives me so much joy to see you be able to work with SpongeBob every day. So can you uh, go on about what that's like? Yeah, thanks. I mean, we work together, which were such formative years for me. So I'm so happy that we're getting a chance to sit down and chat in another <laughs> professional setting years later. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about SpongeBob. <laughs> and it gets no better than that. And the cool part about it is I have to. Right. One of the main accounts that I run is the SpongeBob Instagram and SpongeBob Twitter. And so naturally every day, you know, with such a big following and with the property that means so much to so many people, you want to check those boxes of is this, are we communicating what the show communicated to me? Am I representing it the way it was shown to me? And is the best versions of it in people's feeds? And then, you know, Working at Nickelodeon, there's that trickle-down effect of, you know, that show is the creme de la creme of what is formative for so many people. Mm -hmm. And so that just trickles down into how we operate as a culture and operate as a business. Because, you know, if it's funny, if it's irreverent, if it's, does it feel like Nickelodeon? And we can always trace it back to, is this something SpongeBob would say? Is there a SpongeBob mm -hmm. quote for the scenario? And if it isn't, then we're totally out of line and we're not remembering where we work. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on the podcast as well is because you think about culture so much. Um, and so how does culture relate to what you do and how is it the core of what you do? Yeah, I mean, you never want to feel like you're working for someone, right? <laughs> like when I worked with you, I didn't feel like I worked for Lindsay. I felt like I was an aspiring journalist working for the outlet we were working at. And I think in some of my years and previous jobs, I did feel like I was working for my boss. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we try to establish at Nick and I try to establish with my team is no one works for me and you're not here to impress me. We're <laughs> all working for a bigger goal. And that's why we keep that North Star in mind, which is, you know, I like to brand it as fast, loose and disciplined, mm -hmm. right? Being that we work in social media, the environment of it is naturally going to be really fast. Trends pop up, memes pop up, things we just have to be adjustable to. The pace is something we can't really control. So you have to work fast. And then I say loose because being that we work at Nickelodeon, there's no point in taking ourselves seriously because as soon as we do, now we're losing sight of why we wanted to work here and what we loved about the company itself, right? So we want to be loose and fast. And then disciplined just comes with the trade of social media, right? It's a read and react business. It's this performed really well. Let's do it again. This didn't perform well. Let's make some adjustments to it, right? So you can we can mix those three points now, as a team, as a manager, as an editor, as a designer, you have your North Star and you have your compass that kind of tells you how you want to operate and what, how, what makes us so successful. And so between that, 
if we can obey those three things, now we don't feel like we're working for someone. We feel like we're just continuing what we love about our jobs. Mm-hmm. So is there ever an intimidation factor? You know, Nickelodeon is such a, a big name and, you know, SpongeBob has such an impact on our culture. So how do you balance the, um, you know, the intimidation, the the pressure of upholding that, but also, you know, you said Nickelodeon is a very fun place. So, um, you know, how does that blend together? Yeah, you know what? It's a really good question because so a lot of our colleagues, like, you know, I work in social media and there are a, bit, a bunch of different departments, but the big crux of the company are the artists who make the shows, mm-hmm. right? SpongeBob is still in production. We have a lot of new Nicktoons in production. Then we have our legacy IPs from the 90s and early 2000s, which we all love. And so naturally, there's that bit of imposter syndrome that creeps in because for an artist to be working on a show at Nickelodeon, they have to be, you know, they, there's a certain level of expectation that they are working under, right? So naturally, there's that little bit of, if they're in arts and Nickelodeon, does that mean I'm not the same level in social media? Am I in the same level mm-hmm. of HR, right? And so I think the thing that we can find solace in as a culture, as we work together is just, you know, we're all the experts of our platforms and we all are here for a reason. And the best way to affirm each other in that is just, you know, are we true to the morals of being funny, being irreverent, being light? Mm-hmm. And then again, just if things don't perform well, then we just fix it, right? It's, we need to really, we allow ourselves the leverage to lean into trying things and then fixing things. And that I think is a key of working in social. It's like some things just won't perform, some things will. And when they don't, you just fix it, mm-hmm. you know? And you don't, like, I like to say all the time, we don't pinpoint who started the fire. We just put the fire out. I like that. You know, because we're, <laughs> we're all on the same ship. We're all doing looking out for each other. And as soon as the egos get in the way, now all of a sudden it's like we're working for each other and not with each other. And you don't ever want that to happen, right? Right. And so how has that changed, um, you know, focusing on the fire itself? Uh, how's that changed for collaboration? Yeah, I think it's so important. And, you know, I came up the ranks as, you know, I started as a video editor, then I started, then I transitioned to being a bit of a designer. And now I'm like in the managerial position. So going through those ranks, I just remembered how much I loved having the agency and clarity to own my projects, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, we want Peter in this room because he offers a perspective on this idea. Or mm-hmm. I like what Peter did with this. And now it's doing that same thing to our designers, to our video editors, to our copywriters. It's giving people that agency and that onus. So, you know, you never want to strip that away from someone because that individuality is what makes the shows, you know, mm-hmm. and it's very important that what is seen on TV trickles down to us as employees. And we have that guidance to know what our boundaries are and then to like be creative on top of that. So, you know, if there is a fire of like a misspelled tweet, right? <laughs> or quoting a spongebob episode wrong and the fans just got on us because oh, don't do that to yeah the fans. <laughs> that like we had one tweet where it was like we've never seen spongebob's backyard and then someone replied to us with an image from an episode <laughs> of spongebob's backyard and we were like well let's just take that down <laughs> you know and that's an honest mistake and we just you i think you have to lead with the acceptance and merit first right it's like you don't doubt first you just let someone own what their project is you know i didn't mm-hmm. like if we if we get called out for something which is inevitable to happen as a brand, 
you know, we just have to identify what our interest was at mind. And then we'll just go from there. It's never, you never want to discipline someone for their ideas. We can discipline each other for results and how to do things differently, but you never want to discourage ideas because all of a sudden, you know, I'd like to think you're by scolding someone for a mistake, you're not telling them to not do it again. You're teaching them to just not be vocal about their mistakes moving forward. Mm-hmm. And now you got an environment where it's like, I do not want to talk to this person right now. Last mm-hmm. time I did it, this happened, right? And it's going to happen in any workplace, but you know, we're all doing our best. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a culture of fear is not one that moves things mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. So I really love that, that viewpoint. Um, so I want to also talk about, you know, you're in a unique situation. You, you mentioned, you know, the fans are analyzing the content you're putting out there. <laughs> yeah. um, so you have to be fans yourselves. Um, so how does understanding the origin content really play into the culture overall? It's funny. It's part of any job description, right? You know what your expectations are mm-hmm. and, or you sh- it's communicated what your expectations are and you know, what the ideal outcome is of you in a job. And at Nickelodeon, um, you know, being that we're a kid's network and we make cartoons, part of our job description is to know what we're making. Mm -hmm. So that essentially boils down to watching these episodes before they hit the TV screens. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means I'm blocking off an hour of my calendar because I need to watch these new three episodes. (laughs) Right. And Sometimes like the episode starts and you're kind of like, oh man, I have so many episodes to run through. And it's important to remind yourself, okay, time out. This, this is not a stress and this is not a burden, <laughs> right? You blocked off an hour to watch three new episodes of this new show. And then the best part is knowing you're friends with the people who made this, right? The people who made yeah. the show are right down the hallway. They're on the second floor, they're on the third floor. And I think it's, it really comes down to respect for each other, right? If I didn't know, since I know the people who make the shows, I'm more invested in because I want to see how Lindsay put her effort into this joke. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I know that joke came from Lindsay. Right. And so even though it's such a big company and it's such a big brand, it really comes down to the people and respect you have for each other's skill sets. Cause that's what I'm watching for in the shows now. Right. When I hear, when I see the SpongeBob jokes now, I'm like, I know who wrote that one. That's to- totally that person's humor. Right. That's and really cool. <laughs> it's the respect we have for each other that really lends itself further you know, when we hit our brainstorms for our monthly briefs of like, okay, what are we posting on Nickelodeon this month? What are some things that did well last month? What are some things that we can look forward to? What are some shows we need to highlight more? And that's where the importance comes down to watching our content and knowing what the content pillars are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it could be for SpongeBob, it could be let's lean into his quotes, let's lean into his spirit, let's lean into like the humor. And for another show, it's let's lean into the action, let's lean into this, lean into that. And that ownership is assigned to all of us to, you know, make sure we, we're experts in our arena because, you know, we want to do justice for the people who are making them, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a constant respect between all of us, which I think is the most important part. It's not just watching a thing and reviewing it. It's watching the work of a peer and a friend and admiring it. And now you want to put on the best effort you can for them on their behalf. I want you to expand on that and talk about how admiring your peers' work can really change an environment. You know, I think we can easily get caught up in the like the crabs in a barrel mentality, <laughs> you know, where it kind of feels like this person's success means I'm not succeeding. Mm-hmm. Or this person just got a promotion and I've still in this, been in the same job 
And now it's like a one-for-one type system, right? But I think it's important to understand, and this is what I learned as a professional and trickles down to what I do here at Nick is just, you know, we can all succeed at the same time. It might not Mm -hmm. all look the same, but we can all succeed at the same time by looking out for each other and respecting each other's work and giving each other the agency and the onus to own our projects. I think a lot of times what we want at such a big company is visibility. Sometimes you can get lost. Like I'll never be noticed in this room. You know, I don't know what, how, what this big meeting means for me. Mm-hmm. And it's important to always just kind of be like, Lindsay, you haven't spoken up yet. Is there anything you wanted to add? You know, and it's just being very pointed with your direct team members to let them know that you're there to hear them and that you're there to nurture them and mentor them into who they want to be. And for that reason, you know, if you're leading with people first, because again, you don't ever want to feel like you're working for someone or, and I don't want anyone to feel like they're working for me. And Mm -hmm. so that's where the respect comes into play. It's we're bringing each other along at the same time and we're all here with the same interests. So there's no point in trying to outweigh or race each other to a to a meeting or race each other to a talking point. It's, you know, we all have the same interest in mind, which is trying to have fun as much as we can during our workday. And that is our goal is to have as much fun as we can to complement the fun that's been on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is what really sets the standard is money is being made. Yes. And there are like ratings that we are cognizant of, but when that's out of our control, what's in our control is how we treat each other. Mm-hmm. And do you think that, um, you know, that culture in the workplace is because Nickelodeon, I mean, it has an established culture for, you know, years, um, and it's really upheld that it's, you know, it's such a, a crux of so many people's lives. Um, so do you feel that, you know, having the the brand Nickelodeon establishing, you know, who it was early on really has contributed to that? Yeah, I think so. It's so um, advantageous for us because we all, you know, when you hear the name and you see the logo and you see the characters, it all hits you and it all intrinsically means something to all of us. Mm -hmm. Right. And for all of us who, you know, no one's making anyone work here. Right. (laughs) It's not like like ideally the people who we work with aren't like the only one who hired me was Nickelodeon. Right. It's like ideally work at a place that we all choose to be at. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge difference for us. It's that we all want to be here and we choose to be here. And, you know, I think it's important that we always remind ourselves and we do it in our monthly meetings. We do it as we put together content. It's, you know, why did this resonate with you? Mm-hmm. You know, and like, if you can answer that question, connecting why a piece resonated with you, why an idea resonated with you and connecting it to, you know, what the brand means to you as a kid and what it means to you now and what you want to establish for kids growing up now then we've got a really, what, you, what we have now is just intention. Mm-hmm. And that is so important for all of us, right? And it's like not just going through the workday, trying to get through it and try to get to bed, but it's to have the intention of wanting to do your best and wanting to you know, provide a piece of content or just work in a way that we're all really proud of. Mm-hmm. And because it's such a, a big organization, how do you collaborate? Um, because I know that you also work with people on the East Coast as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, I think that's one of the main biggest challenges is, you know, you, figuring out who to go to for what and just what visibility looks like for you and if that's something you're looking for. But I think it's, you know, in the everydayness, I think it's important to find 
your pillars, right? Your people mm-hmm. who you can just go to from for the quick ideas, for venting, for talking about what shows you're watching. Equally as important to the work is the chemistry you build with your team members. Mm-hmm. And with such big teams, I think, you know, it's important to, especially, you know, in this environment where some of us work from home, some of us are on a different coast, some of us are in a different office. I think it's just important. You don't, it's important to just be, you know, friends with your colleagues and just make sure there's that chemistry that isn't just work focused. It's a show you're watching. It's a restaurant you went to. It's a vacation you're taking up next. And I think that's important to a lot in your workday, right? Like, that 10 minutes in the kitchen where you and I are meeting and we just happen to run into each other, mm-hmm. right? It's that 10 minutes before the day gets started of, I just had this crazy dream. It's like that stuff that builds the culture. <laughs> it's that little, those little things that make it established that we're not just here working to from nine to six. It's that we're here collaborating and hanging out and meeting each other and getting to know each other as people that will make the best uh, products. Mm-hmm. So we talked a lot about SpongeBob because we have that in common. Um, but what else, what other, um, you know, shows and things do you work on that you want to share? Yeah, it's um, so we have a new Nicktoon called The Middlemost Post, which I really mm-hmm. love. It's a very cool concept about a reformed rain cloud who now only wants to make people's days brighter. Oh. Um, <laughs> that show is great. Um, I also really enjoy the Patrick Starr show, which is a oh, spinoff yes. from SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. The antics of it are just next level funny. Um, <laughs> there's also Camp Coral, SpongeBob spinoff that's in CG, which is great. And then we have a few other things that are unannounced, but just 2021 and 2022 is a big animation slate for Nickelodeon. And I know live action has been our calling card for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. like name the name live action shows from the 90s to now, Victorious, iCarly, like we have those big hits. Um, but the animation pendulum is really swinging and animation is like my, at my core and mm-hmm. our animation slate going into 2022 is just really big. And, and there are a lot of things that will be announced soon that it will be, are very exciting. So how does that excitement affect the culture? It's it's just like from the top down level of like mm-hmm. our best interest is in mind. You know, and that it just shows like when you see really great leadership up top that has the best interest of the company, now as it trickles down, that excitement just comes down through it as well. You know, if mm-hmm. all we had was, you know, four shows and nothing was ever getting, nothing was ever getting greenlit, or if, you know, you're not getting clear communication from leadership, now you're kind of treading water and you're wondering if what you're doing is good. Clearly, there's a correlation between how well and how much we like our jobs and then all the new projects that are coming and just knowing that the company's not stopping, right? Like there's more to be excited about, mm-hmm. you know, there's more shows for us to watch. There's more jokes being written. There's new people coming in to work on them. That just leads to the environment of like be at being at a fun place and a place that you would be at, even if you weren't being paid, you know? Yeah. And you said that that comes from the top. So what qualities, um, you know, in leadership at Nickelodeon uh, do you really admire? You know, I think what I've seen, you know, Nickelodeon itself is a corporate brand, right? It's a big brand that we all are familiar with, but it doesn't feel that way working here because you can easily walk into an exec's office or knock on their door and ask for a quick 10, 15 minutes to chat. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an open door policy that a lot of companies say, you know, it's like, we're, we're not coworkers, we're family. And there's that attitude with it. But I can say working here for, you know, going on three years now, 
not once have I ever felt subordinate to somebody or superior to anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's because we all have such a respect for each other. So when it comes to leadership up top, there is a level of transparency that's just available to us, whether mm-hmm. that's in mentorship, whether that's just brainstorms, whether that's, you know, information coming up about, you know, new shows or information coming up about like where the company is headed. These are questions that are never out of pocket. And these are questions that can be asked. And, you know, it's just a good environment to know, you know, it's not like there's an embargo on information. There's a certain tier you need to be to be, to yeah. hear it, right? Like that sets that expectation. Like, okay, now I got to get there. So I know this, or I got to be in yeah. those rooms. It's like any, it's an open door policy all around. And it starts with the leadership up top and it trickles down to our PAs and like interns. It's just establishing like, if you're here, we want you to be here. And we're going to make sure you would like being here. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And those are all the questions that I have for you. Uh, is there anything else that any wisdom that you would like to share before we wrap up the discussion? One thing I've learned in my time here, which has been just invaluable in my development is simply, you know, there's a lot of freedom and there's a lot of leadership and mentorship that comes along with, you know, becoming a professional and what you need. And I think it's just important to communicate what you need to be set up for success. Mm-hmm. And I think um, whether that's feedback, whether that's, you know, having your hand held a little bit, whether that's being talked to, so you understand the ground workings of everything and you're not just keeping up with how things are done. I think it's important as an employee and it's something we communicate here at Nick, it's to always communicate what you need and what you're looking for and where you can be better because you're choosing to come to work every day, right? Mm-hmm. We're not making you come to work every day, <laughs> but since you're choosing to come here, come to work as leadership, as a brand, we are also entitled to make sure we're developing you to be who you want to be. So I think just for any employee and for anyone um, you know, in a professional setting, we're making that cognizant choice every day. So we also have the freedom to make sure we're getting what we want out of every day. That's awesome. And thank you so much for your time today. This was a great conversation and great insight on, you know, how you create an environment that's fun, starting, you know, with culture first. I really loved your insight. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So if people want to get in touch with you um, and ask you questions, how can they do that? What's the best uh, avenue to reach you? Yeah, I mean, I am pretty active on LinkedIn. First name, Peter, P-E-T-R, last name, Chum, C-H-H-U-M. You can find me there. Or um, to be honest, I don't mind a DM on Instagram either. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are in a modern world. <laughs> yeah. So same first and last name, Instagram handle, Peter Chum. So well, thank you again, Peter. Again, I am your host, Lindsay Patton. This is People Analytics from Staff Geek. And if you know anyone who is passionate about culture, HR, uh, feel free to reach out to me. My email is lindsay at staffgeek.com, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at staffgeek.com. Thank you for listening to Staff Geek's People Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton, and I'm always looking to interview leaders who put people first. If you or someone you know lead with a people-first mindset, please email me at lindsay at staffgeek.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at staffgeek.com. If you want to take things a step deeper and understand your organization's true culture DNA, I encourage you to take Staff Geek's free culture assessment. Just head to staffgeek.com and click the button that says free culture assessment. Thanks again for listening.